Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Talladega Super Speedway. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I'm your host, Connor. And each week I take about 15 to 20 minutes to break down my thoughts on the NASCAR race. Before we get into it though, I would ask you to please go to Facebook and search The Top 5, all spelled out, the word 5, not the number. The Top 5 on Facebook, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash The Top 5 and share with me your thoughts. After giving this a listen, let me know if you agree with me or disagree with me or Whatever you want to say, let's just have a fun conversation about NASCAR. So this week, the boys rolled into Dega. Let's get into my top five takeaways. Number one. Dega is so cool. It's possibly the coolest track. It's obviously the biggest by a lot, the widest. Not the fastest, but uh, it is plenty fast. And it's always exciting. I, I always get excited when Dega's the next race on the schedule. Uh, massive crowd as always. I don't know if Dega has not sold out in years. Such a massive crowd. I, I would really, really, really love to see um, see that in person. And I will one day. That That's my ultimate goal. Early laps uh, of the race was exciting. Side-by-side racing. Uh, nobody was pushing too hard or, or going at it too hard, but... Just the way that you have to race at Dega side-by-side side makes for exciting racing. Edge of the seat, non-stop excitement. And then lap 24, uh, Harrison Burton went full Harrison Burton, proving once again why he should not have been or should not be in a cup car. Um, and took out a bunch of cars, a bunch of playoff cars too. Uh, huge bummer, super annoying. Uh why guys like that are affecting the playoffs is beyond me, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, lap number 45, uh, Corey LaJoy brought out the caution uh, for losing a right front. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. We're going to start seeing tires go down. Thankfully, it wasn't an issue this week. Uh, I guess... Maybe it's a, a harder tire, or maybe they're running different pressures because it's a super speedway. Uh, you don't typically see tires be a major storyline at, at super speedways, but you also don't see tires be a super uh, storyline at intermediate tracks, and we've seen it at every single intermediate track. But we were spared of the ongoing embarrassment that is the tire issues this week. And then uh, at the end of stage one, uh, Blaney came out of nowhere and barely got the win. For those of you who hate stage racing, go back and watch the last two laps of stage one and stage two at Dega. It, it's why stage racing is perfect, especially at super speedways. Uh, they, they race like the end of the race. It was very cool to see. Blaney just continues to impress me. No wins this year. And is just killing it points-wise. haven't seen a, a performance like this in possibly ever. 
Uh, let's get on to the second half of the race and the ending. Number two. So stage two was largely uneventful, and I use that term relatively as it, it's always eventful at Dega. It's always exciting, but they really just sort of ran through the kind of ticked laps off, really, more than anything. Uh, seven to go in stage two, Hemrick. Uh, stalled leaving pit road, which brought out the caution. And uh, they restarted with, uh, with I think, three to go, and Chase Elliott won stage two. Uh, and then stage three was also pretty mundane until the end. Uh, there was a another caution with seven to go and another green-white checkered. And I think Chase Elliott restarted in fifth and just made brilliant moves. He looked like Dale Sr. out there, or Dale Jr. Just always made the right move, never got behind. Uh, and as they came around on the uh, final lap on the front stretch, he, he got out in front. Blaney got close, man. Blaney was maybe a half a foot. If that... If that uh, finish line had been 100 foot further than it was, Blaney probably is our winner. But set off the pool hall siren because Chase Elliott won Dega. And I think this is a huge win for Chase Elliott, not only obviously for the playoff implication, um, advancing, guaranteed advancing to the next round, which is huge and good for him. Uh, but he he's showing that he can win on every style track that NASCAR has. He's won short tracks. He's won intermediates. Uh, he's won road courses. He's dominated road courses. And now he's won at Dega. So he's really proving that he is a all-around driver, um, which is great. You know, he's, he's not out there based on, on his last name like some other drivers. <laughs> Harrison Burton. Uh, he's out there earning it, working his butt off. In in, of course, he's in great equipment, but he's still really showing the talent that he has, and it's cool to see, and it's cool that the, um, the clear favorite for most popular driver, is also one of the most talented, and, winningest drivers. That that's a lot better to see than. You know, Casey Kane, I think, competed for most popular driver. And Casey Kane was never that good. I mean, good guy and everything, but he just wasn't a championship driver. Or, you know, I hate to admit it because I was the biggest Dale Jr. fan. Dale won a decent amount of races, but he was never, never competed for a championship, really. Not in cup. So to see the sport's most popular driver competing for a championship is awesome to see and speaking of competing for a championship let's check in on the playoff standings number three so going into dega joey logano was in the the lead and dega really shook things up obviously chase elliott is number one now after getting the win and guaranteed to advance to the round of eight ryan blaney has moved himself all the way up to second place no wins just consistent smart driving it's impressive 
Uh, Ross Chastain is currently sitting in third, and uh, Denny Hamlin has galloped his way up to fourth place. Uh, Logano went from first to uh, fifth with a, I think he finished 27th. Just a, a pitiful day. And Larson is in sixth. Daniel Suarez and Chase Briscoe currently are seven and eight. And below the cut line going into the last race is Austin Sendrick, William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. Now we all know, or if if you don't know, Alex Bowman uh, is having concussion issues and will not be competing. So he is automatically eliminated, which leaves three spots available. I will, as I have these entire playoffs, be making my prediction of who I feel will fill those three spots. But if you like to bet, I wouldn't bet on me because I've been I've been wrong so far. The only one that I can guarantee you won't make it is Alex Bowman because that's an easy one. Also, the Roval can be very unpredictable. But let's get into, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the younger drivers that I have an issue with. My number four takeaway involves something that happened this week. Number four. So I've complained a lot about Harrison Burton, and I feel rightfully so. But my number four takeaway is something that I, I actually missed. On th- This goes back to the Texas race. Uh, Ty Gibbs was fined $75,000 in 25 points for running into ty gibbs on pit road and ty gibbs thankfully was able to save the car but he did it right next to uh an rfk team working on their car and like i said i may have missed it because nbc's coverage is just that bad that they just miss almost every major incident and i've railed on that repetitively uh they can't seem to to cover what their announcers are actually talking about it's pathetic however um, that is a bigger deal than, than being talked about. And I think the thing that annoys me and Larry Matt covered this on a podcast this week, uh, or on, I'm sorry, on a serious XM show, Ty Gibbs is, is bad, but it was worse as his enablers, people trying to excuse it as being 19 and he's young and he's learning. And and Ty Gibbs said uh, of the penalty, he said, I'll learn from it. Go learn in a lower series. That's, that's not okay in a lower series. Don't get me wrong. The health and safety of the teams in the NASCAR officials that are over the wall on pit road are absolute paramount. And I know that we, we can't, live in a what about like well what if but what we can do is set up everyone for the best possible success and the best possible safety and what he did is inexcusable pushing a 3500 pound race car into what could have been a disastrous outcome it doesn't matter if you're 55 or 19 or 25 it doesn't matter if you do that you should be he should be sat for the rest of the season in my opinion there's no excuse that he should have been at dega or running uh at the roval this weekend he doesn't belong if his last name wasn't gibbs he wouldn't be there 
Same with Harrison Burton. And it's just another another black mark on the sport that we just don't need. We have so many talented drivers doing so many amazing things each week at the racetrack. To have little shits like Ty Gibb causing these issues is just beyond frustrating. I absolutely can't stand it. I hope that he's out of cup very soon. Uh, all right, rant over. Let's look forward to the upcoming race next week. Number five. Next stop this Sunday is the Charlotte Roval. Uh, the Roval is an example of me having to admit that I was wrong. When they announced it, I thought it was a gimmick and that it was silly. Uh, it's a great race, though. It's fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. The finish, finishes have been so exciting. And... I'm stoked to watch it. Uh, the The idea of half track and, and half road course is really cool. And I think it's a great addition to the uh, to the playoffs. I also think that this is another example of NASCAR's track placement making perfect sense. To have a race at Talladega followed by a race at the Roval to end the stage, to end this, this round, I mean, is brilliant. And the standings have been so up and down, and the Roval is so unpredictable. Uh, you know, example, Joy Logano started last race in first and is now in fifth. So it will be very exciting to see who advances. While I have given NAS- or, uh, NBC tons of crap for the way that they broadcast races, the one thing that they do well is they keep the points at the bottom of the um of the standings or the the positions so you can constantly watch who's you know who's in who's out uh so my prediction i'm gonna predict that kyle larson gets the win he's just too good not to get a win in these playoffs and advance to the next round uh so go ahead and bet your house if you win ship me off 10 percent. if you lose it's on you you probably shouldn't have been betting that much anyway uh, also, as I've been doing these playoffs, I'm going to predict the next four out. This will change each week based on the standings. Uh, obviously, Bowman. But I'm also going to predict that Suarez, William Byron, and Austin Sendrick do not make it to the round of eight. I really hope my boy Logano does. But we'll have to watch and wait and watch. And I can't wait to talk about it with you next week. Before I go, though, I do want to ask you one more time. Please go to Facebook and search The Top 5, spelled out, the, the word 5, not the number, The Top 5, and go to patreon.com forward slash The Top 5 and share what you think. Do you agree with me? Was I too harsh on Ty Gibbs? Is the Roval a bad spot to end the round? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for so much for listening. I can't wait to discuss the race with you after the Roval. This has been the Top 5, and I'm Connor.